Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be here with the age turners. You want to be an age turner? Praise the Lord. Have you been enjoying this training? Really? Amen or amen? Amen. I enjoyed a few things just to give you a little of my enjoyment. In the first evening meeting, I enjoyed this word, willing. To be an age turner, the only qualification is, you must be willing. Oh, that was so encouraging to me. The Lord will do it, but if we're not willing, He can't force us. So we must be willing. And then in the second evening meeting, we need to be prepared, right? Uh, Noah was prepared in following all of his, inheriting all of the practices of his forefathers. And I enjoyed this point particularly, maybe because I was up here with Tom. But Noah found grace in the eyes of Jehovah. We need to be prepared by finding grace. Being one face to face with God. Finding grace in the eyes of Jehovah. And of course Moses, the Lord waited. 80 years for his preparation. The point I enjoyed in this matter of preparation is we have to consecrate ourselves now when we're young. But we may not be that useful until we are prepared. So the rest of our life, we are being prepared. Praise the Lord. And then last night, I really enjoyed our brother sharing, we have to be absolute, not lukewarm. The Lord will spew us out of his mouth. We must be burning for him and absolute for him. Well, this morning we come to message four on the morning session one, page 33 in your outline. And uh, this series is on experiencing the two aspects of the spirit, the essential aspect and the economical aspect. The essential aspect is for life. And the economical aspect is for power, for work, for ministry, for the gospel. So praise the Lord, we have these two aspects. And I enjoyed our brother sharing in the first day, right? The Spirit is in us. And also the Spirit is? Very good. Let's say that together. The Spirit is? In us. The Spirit is? He is in us and He is on us. And this is the fact. We believe it. If we believe it, we receive it. And this is very precious. We'll get into this a little more. And in the second session, we were on the spirit of life. And I enjoyed these two words, as the breath and as the water. Our life starts with breathing and drinking. And it continues with breathing and drinking our entire human life. And it's the same with our spiritual life. We are born of God. We breathed Him in. And we took a drink of the living water. And every day we need to breathe Him in. And we need to drink of Him as the water of life to quench our thirst. And then yesterday, as the spirit of power, as the wind, the fire, and the clothing. And I enjoyed this point about the fire. In many cases, especially in the forest, in the Wild fire is good. It kills all the germs, all the negative things, and allows the new growth to come up. 
We need to experience Christ as the fire. Burning away all the negative things. And allowing the life to sprout and to grow freshly day by day. And also the clothing, right? You gave that illustration when the policeman has the clothing on. You pay attention. There's authority there. But it was interesting. The illustration he used was a sister who was an invalid in a wheelchair, I believe. And there was his father-in-law there, a big, strapping man. And she told him, you need to be baptized. And he said, I have my swimming suit's in the car. She said, go get it. A little sister, five foot five. That's clothing. That is the power of the Spirit. Praise the Lord for the power of the Spirit. I tell you, when you experience this, many of you have experienced it, and we're praying you'll experience it much more as the Lord casts fire on every campus. It's not something outward that you feel, but there's an authority in the Spirit. He is the authority. He is the Spirit of power, and we need to experience Him. So let's come to this outline, number 33, and let us read the title under the experience of the two spirits together, starting with seeking all together. Ready? Go. Once more, seeking the infilling and the outpouring of the Spirit. This is a very precious and practical word. First of all, we need to be those who are seeking. I think in the hymns we've been singing, the loving seekers. We need to choose to be the loving seekers. Not ashamed to be Jesus lovers. Seeking the Lord. I was reminded of this Psalm 42. As the heart pants, 42 verses 1 and 2. If you have it, you could look at it. As the heart pants after the streams of water, so my soul thirsts. Pants for you, O God. One more time. As the heart pants after the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When will I come and appear before God? This is a very precious verse. When I first came into the church life, I enjoyed this verse very much. We need to be thirsty for God. In the wild, the heart, the deer... It's thirsty, they come to find the water. They'll do anything to get to the water. We need to be like this. Seeking the Lord. Panting after Him. Thirsty for Him. If we're, if we're not thirsty, we won't be desperate to get Him. We need to be those who are seeking the Lord. Um, amen. You know, in Philippians chapter 3, <clears throat> Paul was such a person. Seeking the Lord. Chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Let me read these to you. Not that I have already obtained, or am already perfected, but I pursue, even if I may lay hold of that for which I also have been laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not account of myself to have laid hold. But one thing I do, and this is the verse I want you to remember, forgetting the things which are behind, And stretching forward to the things which are before, I pursue toward the goal 
for the prize to which God in Christ Jesus has called me upward. This is the Apostle Paul. He never considered himself to have attained. Every day he was pursuing. He was seeking. He was panting after God. And seeking to have the fresh experiences of the Lord. And um, as I got into the outline this week and last week preparing for this, I realized this is something we need every day. This is not just uh, to experience the power of the Spirit when we're going out on the Gospel. We surely need the Spirit for that. But we need this every day. To have boldness to speak the Word. In the meetings, we need this experience every day. So this morning we're on the seeking, the infilling, and outpouring of the Spirit. And this is related to our experience of these two aspects. Um, In the book, Vessels Useful to the Lord, which Brother Lee gave, I believe, in Taiwan in the early 80s when he went back to study our situation and to develop the God-ordained way to meet and to serve, he gave this short word to the brothers at that time in that, uh, in that book, in that fellowship. And he said, you know, when I came back a year ago to Taiwan, I realized all of you were speaking about the essential and the economical aspects of the Spirit. You all know this. Very good. But you're still not filled with the Spirit. That struck me. We can know about it. We can know He's in us and He's upon us. But are we experiencing the filling of the Spirit? This is the question this morning. We don't just, if we don't experience the filling, if we don't experience the essential and the economical aspects of the Spirit, what's the point of knowing about it? We can talk about it. We give a message about it. But if we don't experience it, it's useless, right? We need to experience the filling of the Spirit inwardly and outwardly. We need both aspects of the Spirit. This is an age turner. This is one who is useful to God to turn the age. One who is filled with the Spirit. And the second point, kind of as an intro before we touch the outline, is that we were having some fellowship with uh, Brother Manuro before this training. And he uh, mentioned... That in the early days when he was in college, coming into the church life, the main thing he remembers about the church meetings and the church life was full of the Spirit. The Spirit was so powerful and so strong. And whenever you came to the meeting, whoever came to the meeting, they were affected by the power of the Spirit. And we have to confess, we may need to repent. But now in the church meetings, not that full of the Spirit. We need more of the filling of the Spirit. You know, at that time in this country, we were going through, and that was when I was in college as well, we were going through quite a change socially, politically, with the young people, the hippie movement and the drug culture and the sexual revolution, the civil rights movement. A lot was happening outwardly in society. And the young people were picking up a lot of different things. But many realized in my generation That Jesus is the only answer. There was a strong movement for the Lord. Drugs are not the answer. All this and that is not the answer. The social system is not going to solve our problems. Jesus will solve our problems. Many of us came into the church life in those years and we were so happy. 
to find our human spirit. To be filled in our spirit. And to be enabled, to be strengthened, to learn how to walk by the spirit, to overcome the world. And we dealt with the world. And we feel at this time, even in the society, things are much, much worse. The immorality is so prevalent. And the social system trying to solve all the problems. We know they won't solve all the problems. The only way is to bring in the kingdom of God. The only answer is the Prince of Peace to come. And we can be vitally a part of that. We can be those who are strengthened to make and have some dispensational value to the Lord. But the first thing is we must be full of the Spirit. We need to be filled every day with the Spirit. A big part of our preparation to be useful to the Lord is to be filled in Spirit. Every day, day by day, morning by morning. When we go out in the Gospel, day by day, in the meetings, meeting by meeting, being filled with the Spirit. This will really strengthen us and strengthen one another. It will help one another to follow the Lord and to be those and be prepared to turn this age. Amen. All right, let's come and uh, how about all the sisters read Roman numeral one together? Brothers A, Acts 2.2 says that the wind filled the house where the 120 were sitting. The Greek word for filled here is pleru, a word that means to fill Inwardly, sisters, be. So we have these two Greek words. This is in Roman numeral one. Pleru, which means to fill inwardly. And Acts 2.2 uses the word pleru. There's also many other verses that uses the, use the word pleru. Uh, let me read to you Acts 13. 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This is referred to the inward filling. When you are enjoying the Lord, you are filled inwardly. Joy is a sign of being filled in the Spirit. It's an evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Sometimes we don't... You know, the, being filled in Spirit is not a... It's not an emotional... Feeling. We can be emotionally excited, but we may not have the joy of the Lord. So we need to be careful. But anyway, we, when we are filled inwardly, we are full of joy. And then, plitho, the Greek word to fill outwardly. There's also other verses for that. Acts 14.31 is a good one. And when they had so besought, the place in which they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen. Speak the word of God with boldness. That is to be filled outwardly. There's another verse, which I don't think is on your outline. And that is um, Acts 6.10. This is referring to Stephen. Amen.
This is referring to Stephen. Yet they were not able to withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. This is an evidence. He had a strong spirit. He was filled inwardly and outwardly. And when he spoke, no one could withstand the wisdom. No one could withstand his speaking. Eventually, he was martyred for his speaking. Praise the Lord. Now, all of us who are witnesses are martyrs, right? Amen. Let's all read C together. The disciples were filled, Liru, inwardly and essentially with the Spirit for their Christian living and were filled outwardly and economically with the Spirit for their Christian ministry. So we have the inward feeling for our life, our Christian life, for our daily living. And we also have the filling outwardly, economically for our ministry. For the preaching of the gospel, for prophesying in the meetings, for speaking to our classmates. We have both the inward and the outward filling together on D. As believers in Christ, we should experience both the inward and the outward filling of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So we not only need to know about both, we need to experience both. Now we come to the burden in Roman 2, which is going to um, help us with some practical help of the way to be filled inwardly and outwardly. Brothers, read Romans 2. Amen. In order to be filled with the Spirit inwardly, this is the first point, we need to empty ourselves. If we will respond to the demand of the Spirit, removing that which must be removed, and forsaking that which must be forsaken, thus emptying ourselves and letting the Holy Spirit have all the ground and authority in us, then automatically the Holy Spirit will fill us. This is a very precious point. If we're to be filled, we must firstly be emptied. You know, if you have a full bottle of something and you want to fill it, you've got to empty it out to fill it. I had a bottle of water the other day and I wanted to put some iced tea in it from the lunch thing. I have to firstly, I had to drink the water. I didn't want to waste the water. But anyway, I have to empty it so I can fill it. This is an obvious point. But I have a few verses on this that that, that struck me. Um, Matthew 5, 6. You know, being empty is the same as being hungry or thirsty. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then, I was a little concerned, but I, I had a feeling to use this verse, I'll have to explain it a little bit, Luke one fifty three, because it uses the word empty in another kind of context. But anyway, the hungry he has filled with good things, and the rich, that means the ones who are full, he has sent away empty. The hungry he has filled with good things. That's with the Spirit. That's with Christ as the Spirit. But if we come full of everything, we get sent away without the Spirit. We, get, we don't have the Spirit, so we're sent away empty. We need to come to the Lord empty of all the things. I think it's good to read a little bit from your excerpt on this point. Turn to your excerpts on page 35. At the bottom right, empty ourselves. Amen. Let's read this paragraph together. 
In order to receive the regeneration of a Holy Spirit, we must first confess, repent, and accept the fact in order to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we must first accept the fact that we have died with Christ, then must deal with sin. Allowing none of them to have any more place in us. Allowing the Holy Spirit to gain all the ground in us. If we respond to the demand of the Holy Spirit, removing that which must be removed and forsaking that which must be forsaken, thus emptying ourselves, letting the Holy Spirit have all the ground and authority in us, then automatically the Holy Spirit will fill us and we will subjectively experience This is a matter of dealing with sin, the world, the flesh, self-opinion, our natural ability, to the end that we may have, we may full, we may completely empty ourselves. After we receive the Lord, we have the life within, but we still need to be filled day by day. And the first point about being filled inwardly, the way the the way to be filled is to empty ourselves of sin. If there's sin within us still, then that will occupy our inner being. We need to confess our sin. We still have to deal with the world. And according to the leading of the Spirit, He may touch a certain aspect of the world in your life. Maybe this week He's touched something. So we need to forsake that. We need to deal with the world. This is a further experience of life. To deal with the world. Uh, I was saved probably when I was about eight or nine years old. And uh, I loved the Lord through high school. And I came into the church life right after college. And when I touched the church life, the atmosphere of the spirit in the church life and learning how to contact the Lord with my spirit, I experienced a lot of these dealings. Dealing with certain aspects of the world. And forsaking them. When you forsake them, when you... Choose to no longer partake of that aspect or that thing the Lord's touching you about. It's amazing. You just get filled with the Spirit. You're filled with joy. You're filled with the life of God. That is part of the emptying. I don't know what aspect of the world is troubling you, but the Lord knows. And here it says, according to the Spirit's touching, Whatever the Lord touched, don't argue with Him. Just open to Him. Oh Lord, I know I love that. I, I have a hard time with that aspect. Uh, whether it's music or, or, or the entertainment industry. A lot of things can frustrate us and fill us and occupy us. So that even though you spend the time with the Lord in the morning, there's not much room for the filling. We need to deal with these things. Our flesh. The flesh is always with us. We're never going to be rid of it until the Lord comes back. I don't know why. I don't know why the Lord left it. But it seems that it's so we would be desperate. And we have to deal with it. Right? By the Spirit. 
We need to put to death the practices of the body. Empty out from the flesh. Overcome the flesh. Deal with the flesh. The more you empty out, the more you will be filled. Self-opinion. We have opinion about all kinds of things. Those things fill you and you think about them. I thought this was very helpful. You know, our brother mentioned last night when he goes to a, a game, he wants to be involved. He wants to dive in. If you don't dive in, you're just on the sidelines with all your opinions about how the coach is doing and how the game is being played. And then he likened that to the meetings. <laughs> I think we've all experienced this. If we don't dive in and exercise, give ourselves to the meetings, then we're just sitting there like a spectator. Oh, oh, that brother's testimony, not so good. Oh, this, oh no, not her again. And you know, all your opinions, that will hinder you from being filled inwardly with the Spirit. That occupies that room. This is the same as Christ making His home in our hearts, right? We have to be emptied out and give Him more room in our mind, in our emotion, in our will. And let Him spread through our whole being. What is that? That is the filling of the Spirit inwardly. Letting Him work within us. This is His work. We don't have to do anything except be willing to deal with it. To say Amen. To allow the Lord to deal with it. When I first came into the church life, we had this kind of a... We had a Monday night meeting with Brother Benjamin. All those who wanted to serve the young people. And uh, I was living in Manhattan and I had a Volkswagen bug, you know, a little 68 bug. And I was the only ride to the Queens Meeting Hall from the Manhattan. So all the young people in Manhattan would jump into my Volkswagen and we would drive to a meeting, you know, go to this Monday night meeting. And on the way we would memorize verses. Memorizing the verses is a tremendous thing. And we would memorize verses and we'd get there because Benjamin was going to quiz us on the verses, you know. And uh, we were just filled with the Lord and enjoying and then Benjamin would share with us, you know, a lesson, a basic lesson that we're going to use for the young people's meeting that weekend to prepare us so we could prepare during the week. Oh, and then on the way back, we're fellowshipping and just enjoying and everything. And then I would get back home and it's halftime, Monday night football. Oh, I loved Monday night football. I would get home just full of the Spirit and turn on the television. Ah, who's winning? Halftime. Oh, I get to see the second half. And then about ten minutes into the second half, all the enjoyment has leaked out. In the beginning, I didn't understand why. My team's winning. Why don't I feel good? I don't know. It wasn't too long. The Lord touched me. Monday night football. That was the world to me at that time. And it was frustrating the Lord from gaining more ground. So, I tried to stop. Lord, help me stop, help me stop, help me stop. It was just so difficult, you know. Just new in the church life. Eventually, I realized the only way to stop is to throw away this television. And that's what I did. Just got this. Actually, I gave it to the meeting hall for the video training. Now we can see Brother Lee. Hallelujah. Saints, you all need these kinds of experiences. All need these kinds of 
when I first came into the church life, you know, I was a musician. I was trained, and I, I loved to play the guitar, you know. And I went to the young people's meeting. I don't know if anybody has this kind of experience. Went to the young people's meeting, and I heard the brothers playing the guitar, and I, I thought, what is that? I said, give me that guitar. I'll play this guitar. And the Lord stopped me. Don't touch that guitar. Don't you touch that thing. And I was struck. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then I realized I would just be playing guitar in my natural ability. I don't remember how long, but I think it was about three years I never touched the guitar. Brother Lee gave those messages in Exodus about Moses throwing down the staff. That was that was that was what touched me. That's your your guitar is your staff. You have to learn to pick it up in resurrection. And then it took three years for the Lord to say, "Okay, pick it up." We have to deal with our natural ability. You all have natural. All of you are so capable. We thank the Lord for this. This is not. This is the way God made you. You have a capacity. You have an ability. And the Lord may use it someday. But He has to use it after passing through death and resurrection. We have to deal with it. At this stage in our Christian life, in our experience of life, we must learn to empty out of all the things to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Okay. Number two. Sister, stand up and read two. And brothers, read A. Stand up. Mm-hmm. Amen. We need to mind the things of the Spirit. Set the mind on the Spirit. And a very practical way is to set our mind on the Word. We need to exercise to build up a habit of continually having our mind occupied with the things of the Spirit and the things concerning Christ. This is very practical. Spend more time in the Word. Pray reading the Word. Enjoying the Word. Pray reading has revolutionized my Christian life. I read the Bible before I came into the church life. But I never, I never received the life and the spirit from the Bible. When I came to the church life, the brothers helped me to learn how to pray read. Wow, the, the words, I, I, I'm not, this is not a, this is true. I just felt like the words were jumping off the page at me and speaking directly to me. I, I it was, I don't know. That's a miracle. It just was amazing. Touching the Word with your human spirit. Pray reading to receive the Word. Then you set your mind on that. When you enjoy the verses in the morning, many times those verses come back to you during the day. Just consider them. Think about them. It really strengthens you into your inner man. And this 
helps us to be filled with the Spirit. Okay, three altogether. We need to be filled in our spirit with Christ as the Spirit unto all the fullness of God. We need to read Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can open to that. I'm going to read it to you. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissoluteness, but be filled in spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and psalming with your heart to the Lord. Amen. There's a very good footnote here. I'm going to read a little to you. Footnote 18.1. To be drunk with wine is to be filled in the body. Whereas to be filled in the spirit, a regenerated spirit, not God's spirit, is to be filled with Christ unto the fullness of God. This is 3.19. After we're strengthened into the inner man, then we need to right, know all the breadth and length and height and dimensions of Christ so that we might be filled unto all the fullness of God. To be drunk with wine in our physical body causes us to become dissolute. But to be filled in our spirit with Christ, with the fullness of God, causes us to overflow with Christ in speaking, singing, psalming, and giving thanks to God. And also causes us to subject ourselves to one another. Praise the Lord. Being filled in spirit causes us to speak, right? Overflow with Christ in speaking, singing, psalming, and giving thanks to God. This is a marvelous way to be filled with the Spirit. In the next footnote, it mentions such speaking, singing, psalming, giving thanks to God, and subjecting ourselves to one another are not only the outflow of being filled in Spirit, but also the way to be filled in Spirit. And I feel this is very practical. Sometimes I feel empty, I'm a little low, but I start speaking to someone. And they maybe ask me, oh, what did you enjoy in the meeting? And I start speaking, and I just get filled. Uh, and when you wake up in the morning, none of us are in our spirit. You just sing a little to the Lord. You get filled. It's the way to be filled. Singing, speaking, singing, and psalming with your hearts to the Lord. It's a way to be filled, but it's also the result of being filled. When you're filled with the Spirit, we can speak, sing, and psalm to one another. Filled with Christ. Amen. This is a very, very precious uh, verse. And this word, be filled in Spirit, I didn't have a chance to look it up, but I understand from, from fellowship with a brother that this Greek word is a continual thing. It's like being filled. Constantly be filled. It's not once, you know, in a day or once in your lifetime. This is being filled. We need to constantly be filled in spirit. Amen. Okay, so uh, I think A and B were covered in that footnote. Amen. So let's go on to four altogether. We should not grieve or quench the Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 We should not grieve or quench the Spirit. Amen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed unto the day of redemption. And then 
Thessalonians 5.19, do not quench the Spirit. Grieving the Spirit is to displease Him. Let's read, uh, how about Brothers A? To grieve Spirit is to displease Him. He is grieved when we do not walk according to Him in our daily life. To grieve Him is to displease Him. You have a sense of life in your spirit. The spirit within us is a person. He's life. And there's a sense that comes along with this life. And many times in our daily life, you have a feeling, you have an anointing. Sometimes, the Lord may touch you. Speak to this classmate. Go over and introduce yourself to this classmate or this person on the airplane. Speak to them. Maybe there's an opportunity for the gospel. You have this kind of feeling. If you obey that feeling, you're not quenching the Spirit, right? You're not grieving the Spirit. But if we say, oh, Lord, no, no, I don't feel like it. I just don't want to. Then the Spirit is grieved. The Spirit is grieved. We displease Him because we have a feeling to follow Him, to say something, to speak something. This often happens to me when the Lord touches me to speak, preach the Gospel and I, oh, I'm not a little shy, I don't want to do it, but, but when I obey, when I listen and follow that sense, then I feel happy, filled with the Spirit. So we need to be careful not to grieve the Spirit and not to quench the Spirit. Then, uh, let's read B, sisters. All together on sea. Instead of quenching the spirit, we should fan our spirit into flame by praying, calling on the name of the Lord, reading the word, and pray reading a few verses. We, we will grow. Amen. Amen. This Malachi 2 is a difficult verse because it's in a strange context, but there's this phrase, take heed to your spirit. Pay attention to your spirit. Don't despise that feeling, that sense of life in your spirit. That will open the way for you to be filled with the spirit. Now we go on to, in order to be, B, in order to be filled with the spirit outwardly, altogether on one. We have to believe that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a matter accomplished Brothers, A, since Christ baptized all the believers throughout the ages in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and in the house of Cornelius, he has already accomplished baptism of the church in the Spirit through these two sisters, B. The baptism... Amen. All together, see. We who have believed into the Lord and belong to the church are not baptized one by one and time after time in the Holy Spirit. Rather, we have received the entire baptism, the Spirit, which includes... Yesterday, a brother mentioned this phrase. We must have this 
realization. What is it to believe? We need to take it and have this realization that the baptism of the Spirit is accomplished already. Just like the crucifixion of Christ. He does not have to be crucified again. And we do not have to be baptized again because on the day of Pentecost and at the house of Cornelius, the entire body of Christ was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, the all-inclusive process, life-giving Spirit was poured out on the church. And we just take this fact. We believe it. We need this kind of realization. When you realize this, when you believe this, and just take it as a fact, then when you speak, then when you minister, then when you exercise in the meeting to prophesy, you experience the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's already there. We just need to believe it. When you believe it, you receive it. That means to receive it. We just take it. Don't take the lie that we, after we get saved, we still need to, you know, half of my family is all in the Pentecostal movement. And I saw all those things and was in those meetings as a young child. And even as a young child, not even saved yet, I thought, this is funny. This is strange. But anyway, I don't want to criticize anyone, but we don't need to take that thought. We have to have the second blessing. No, the body of Christ has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we just received this fact. Now, the second point, very precious and very crucial. Let's read two together. We must be willing to be used by God. The first group, the apostles, whole heart were willing to be used by God. Their heart desire and their attitude prepared the way for God to pour out upon them. I hope you can read the excerpts later, either personally or in your small group. The early apostles, all those you can read about in Acts and in the, in the whole New Testament, They were willing to be used by God. Write that down. And I want to emphasize this. Not willing to be filled outwardly with the Spirit. It doesn't say that. It says willing to be used by God. To give yourself willingly. Offer yourself. Consecrate yourself willingly for the Lord to use you. Then when the Lord asks you to speak, When he asks you to preach the gospel, when he asks you to serve on a service group in the church life, when he asks you to come to the prayer meeting, we need to be willing to be used. And we go to be used. And when we go and when we preach the gospel, when we serve the young, the children or wherever we're serving, when we're in the prayer meeting fighting the battle with the saints, what? We experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's this principle when the children of Israel are going into the good land. They had to step into the Jordan first for it to open. You have, you know, you have to go to be, when you start to speak, that's when the power of the Spirit comes. You have to, by, by faith, you may not feel so powerful, you may not, you know, but once you speak, something is there. Amen. Three, altogether, we need much individual prayer as well as prayer in one accord for those who pursue the Lord together. 
This is, of course, what happened at Pentecost. In Acts 1.14, they were praying for ten days there. B says, the prayer that we need is the prayer that shook the earth and empowered the disciples with the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God with boldness. This is an important verse, Acts 4.31. In, in that section, after Paul was in prison and he was released from prison, then the saints began to pray in Acts chapter 4. And uh, they prayed concerning, you know, the enemy attacking them and so forth. I don't have the time to read all the verses. Uh, but from verse 29, And now, Lord, look upon their threatenings and grant your slaves to speak your word with all boldness while stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had so besought, the place in which they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. We need this experience. We need to pray with others. Be burdened for others. Pray for our campuses. Lord, save many on our campus this semester. Spread fire on this campus this semester. I remember one time I was praying with, we were praying for, it was actually a, a church prayer meeting. Praying for that prayer meeting. Usually we would get 12 to 15 new ones coming. For some reason I had the feeling to pray for 50. And I just said, Lord, bring 50 this Saturday night. Bring 50. And I don't know if the saints were shocked. I was shocked that I said it. Lord, we want 50 here on Saturday night. And the saints just picked it up. Yes, Lord, 50. We want 50. And we prayed for 50. And guess what? We had 50 that Saturday night. And I was the most surprised person. Don't I believe in God? God is real. You don't have because you don't ask. We need to ask Him. Beseeching. They were beseeching. And so, they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Um, four. We need to receive, altogether, we need to receive the power of the Gospel. Which is the poured out spirit. Altogether on A and B. Preaching the gospel effectively does not depend upon our eloquence. It depends on our power. We may not be so eloquent in speaking. But if we are a people full of breath within and filled with the wind without, our speaking in that portion on vessels useful to the Lord in Brother Lee gave in Taiwan in those early days. He very strongly, was very strong with the saying. You don't experience this. You need to experience this. We need to fan into flame this burden of being filled inwardly and outwardly. And I think many of you know the history there. At that time, he led the saints to have a morning revival every day and to go out and knock on doors and preach the gospel. And shortly thereafter, we had a, a training in Southern California in Anaheim on how to go out and preach the gospel door to door, knock on the doors. And I went to that training and I was assigned a, a, a neighborhood in Long Beach to go preach the gospel with my team. And so we went out and, you know, a lot, a lot of us just unbelieving. This is all new to us. But we prayed desperately. We prayed fervently. We dealt with the Lord and we went out and we went out to this. Uh, one of the first doors we got that let us in was this family in Long Beach, three children and the husband and wife. And uh, we shared the gospel with them. And they got saved. 
I was, wow, this works. A little bit of the mystery of human life, and they got saved. And then I had the feeling to tell the brother and sister, now you need to be baptized. Fill up your bathtub. And they said, okay. That wasn't me. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. We didn't ask them to be saved. We said, okay, pray with me now to be saved. And they said, okay. And they prayed. Okay, now you need to be baptized. And they got baptized. This has happened time and time and again. It is not us. It's not us. But we touch this Spirit as the power of the Gospel. When you preach the Gospel, you touch this Spirit. And you're filled with the Spirit. And we need more experiences like this. And I believe... I believe, as the saints are praying, and we're all burdened for the campuses, that the Lord will cast fire on every campus this next year. Amen? Amen. Are you willing? Are you willing to be used? If you're willing to be used, the Lord will fill you inwardly and outwardly. And you will experience both aspects of the Holy Spirit.